We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Zen Nicotine Pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right. Welcome, everybody, to Dream Draft Rules Everything Around Me. Uh, Jeremy Cohen just wrapped up at 6 p.m. to 7 doing Cream Cap Rules Everything Around Me. So you can tell where the name for Dream came from, Jeremy's hit live show. Uh, But we're here one day ahead of the NBA draft to answer all of your questions, to field all of your concerns, to calm your nerves, maybe, if I had to guess how people are feeling. I'm really excited to get a chance to sit here and talk to you guys. So welcome, everybody. Tell a friend. Share the stream with your local bodega cat. Tell them to come hop in and come talk some draft. I'm excited to have a good time. Uh, how are you guys feeling ahead of this NBA draft? You know, what, how are you guys doing? Um, it's nice to see you all. i uh really excited that the draft is just a day away. So hey, man. Welcome in to Dream. Hey, Darren. Hey, Sam. How you guys doing? Oh, already a super chat. You guys are insane. Drew P wants to know, would you rather IQ or OB for Ivy or Griffin at 11? That's tough, man. I got to say, I would rather keep both of them. And that uh, AJ Griffin, who's number five on my big board, you guys actually, my full big board is out. I should have promoted this at the top of the show. Um, AJ Griffin's number five on my big board. So yeah, I think that that would be a good pick at 11. I do have to say though, before we hop into the rest of your guys' questions, I have to talk about the trade that just went down Jeremy Grant 
going northwest. Holy crap. Um, wow. <laughs> you know, we've been waiting on this for a little bit. Josh Hart, longtime friend of Jeremy Grant's. So interesting to see this trade actually materialize without Portland having to give up the seventh overall pick. Listen, man, that's got to be a win for, for Portland, getting him for that price. I just got to. It's got to be a win. Now, following this report came another report. I have it right here on my phone from that. Right here on my phone from Chris Haynes, and it reads as follows. The Portland Trailblazers are in pursuit of Toronto Raptors forward OG Ananobi with the number seven pick in Thursday's draft in play. So, man, like there is a lot of movement going on already. I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'm curious to hear what you guys think. But personally, I can understand OG being their target at seven. I understand them not wanting to take a bet on someone like Shane and Sharp, preferring the known quantity instead. Um, I do think OG is a little overrated. However, I don't know where the market is to trade up in this year's draft. There doesn't seem to be a whole lot of one. And so this is why, you know, when I'm projecting Knicks trades to, to four or five or anything, I'm not having them give up IQ, OB, 11, and eight first-round picks the way that a lot of writers are. I really do think that there's not a whole lot of demand to move up in this year's draft or to acquire top picks. And that, um, and that if you are acquiring those top picks, having just, it's an unknown right? It's an unknown. So for them to trade the pick for OG Ananobi, uh, I understand it. I don't love it. I always think, um, have faith in your scouting department, but you know, I, I would understand the trade. I want to say hello to some of you guys, uh, really quickly. Mellow shout out from Portugal, shout out Portugal, dude, shout out Argentina in the chat as well. You guys are worldwide, like Wesley. You guys are crazy. But we have a question to answer. It's pinned in the chat from Busy. Detroit going after Mitchell Robinson. Uh, I think this cap space goes to potentially Jalen Brunson, but then definitely an offer to DeAndre Ayton. I think that's what the cap space was cleared up for. I think that's why Detroit was okay getting back as little as they did. Uh, the reason for that was. I just don't love I don't love uh Detroit's chances to land Mitch. I think that they go ahead, they they take this cap space and they go try to get a guy to pair with Kate Cunningham. Whether that guy is Jalen Brunson, whether that guy is DeAndre Ayton, they go to they go try to get a, a guy, you know, to use the Ricky G on Twitter always says people are dudes. Uh, yeah, they, they have a dude in Cade, but let's, let's see what they can do with Cade, if Cade has someone else. And the way to make that happen is to trade him, or not trade Cade, sorry, to, to go ahead and acquire, using that cap space, go ahead and acquire a real second option for him. What's up, Stefan? <laughs> What's up, guys? Too much. You guys are so nice. 
What up, Leo? What up, Eddie? Jason, just saw you in the spaces over with you, Stadium. What's up, my man? Alondis Williams and Jalen Williams will be the steals of the draft. I Oh, Jalen A-Y. Oh, so that's not my Jalen. I love Jalen A-L-E-N. Um, but that, that Jalen Williams, I like him too. So lots of Jalen Williams in this year's draft, but I, I like both. So we don't have to differentiate them uh, because I think they're both good players. Uh, will the Knicks draft in the second round at all? And if they do, will that player be in camp or a stash? This is a good question, Dan. I do think that that number 42 pick, um, they might hang around, hold on to it, and see who exactly is on the board at that point. If there's an upside bet that they like, well, then they can go ahead and, and take it and go send him to Westchester and be fine with that. However, I can't foresee someone falling to 42 who they think will be a mainstay in the rotation. So I think no matter what, it will be a player who's in camp but gets stashed to Westchester. I'm not sure they they do another Euro stash unless they trade Yoku Baitis in, in a potential trade-up with Sacramento. I just I don't know if they uh, if they would want him that badly. Wow. Wow. Another super chat. You guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. Super chat in from Kevin Stearns. This is the great dot Kev on Twitter. Go throw him a follow. If you don't love his account, what moves do you want the Knicks to make this off season? And what's your ideal starting lineup on opening night? Um, man, man, what moves? I, as much as I know, I am a Julius Randall not fan, but a defender of what I think might be extra criticism. Uh, he deserves a lot. I think he might get too much. Uh, I would like them to find a new home for Julius Randle. And the real reason for that is not just because of Randle, but because it allows them to sell moving their timeline back, starting Obi, potentially starting quickly, right? Getting younger. And, and that, in general, is what I'd really like to see the team do, is get younger. Sorry, as I reach for a charger here. Um, since I'd like to see the team get younger, I do think that trading Randall just... It only makes sense, right? And then whatever you get in return from him, uh, you make it work. <laughs> you know, I, I think that if it's nothing, you don't make that deal. If you get something back for him, it might be worth looking at. NY or nowhere thoughts about taking a flyer on Kai Soto in the second round. Yeah. Um, that's someone people are interested in. Man, he's seven foot two. Um, and he, he would be just a little, you know, New York being a very diverse city. It would be really cool to have the first ever player from the Philippines to be drafted and to potentially play in the NBA. That would be really cool for New York, but you know, talking strictly on the court, um, that's a tough one, man. I uh, I'm not so sure that I think his game, like his real perimeter game, is real. Uh, he likes to sell himself as a seven footer with a shot, and that he's also a good passer. He's also a smart player. He's also a shot blocker. Um, I I do think that. His comparison of himself to a modern-day Pau Gasol, I know he said that to reporters. 
maybe not. But I do think there's a there's a, a spot in the league for a guy who's seven foot and skilled with the ball in his hands, you know? So would he be worth a flyer if our scouting department likes him? Sure. I think he's someone I could sell myself on the Knicks taking a shot on. It's just we already do have Jericho Sims, you know, so I would like for our both of our two-way spots to not be used on centers. <laughs> but, uh, you know, say they work something out and it makes sense. All right, I, I can deal with that. Or not deal, but I can just, uh, I can understand it rather. Question coming in from Joe Rickles here. This is something you've mentioned, but how do you reconcile AJG's injury woes? I know that's your guy and the film looks great, but can he stay on the court? Totally fair question, man. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely super fair. I think it's it's fine to say, hey, I saw a, uh, Griffin's tape and I wasn't enamored with him defensively. I didn't think he looked super comfortable out there. I think that's fine, right? But you guys know how Derek Rose doesn't dunk, even though we know he can. He's just afraid to test the bounds of his athleticism like that for very beyond understandable reasons. That's how I saw AJ's defense. I think he didn't want to get injured again playing defense in college basketball before he even got drafted. Um, he certainly didn't push himself on that end of the court, but I expect him to show some of the similar issues he did at the college level in the NBA. But the effort won't be an issue. And I think with athletic training, with hot yoga, with Johnny Bryan, he just took Obi and quickly again for hot yoga. Well, I would really like, I would really like for that to work out. So yeah, I think that it would be very cool for AJ to, uh, to wind up a Nick. And I do think that this is a decent spot for him to take some time and, and grow. Another question coming in here from Yankee fan 87. Any chance the Kings just take Murray if the Knicks don't sweeten the pot? Oh, man. Yeah. I, th I think there is a chance the Kings just take Murray. However, I do have to say that... Hmm. How do I want to phrase this? I think the Kings want to move down. And I think they made a mistake of letting too many people know that. That being said, they have to posture in a way that allows them to try to squeeze the best package they can get out of the Knicks. Um, in terms of that happening, you know, SNY reported a veteran, a young player, and draft picks. I can give you guys a little bit more specific uh, uh, thing there. The veteran that was offered at first was Fournier. The young player that was offered at first was Reddish. The 11th pick was one of the picks offered and another pick was offered. Um, Sacramento turned down that offer, understandably. But I think that gives you guys an idea of where the Knicks starting point is. You know, a lot of fans are saying, oh, you have to give up value to get value. So both quickly and top and need to be in the deal. Pump the brakes on including our own guys and trades like that. You know, I think the Kings know they need win now talent. I don't think they're in love with Emmanuel quickly. I think if they wanted any one of our young players really badly, it would be Mr. Obi Toppin, but Quentin Grimes is someone I would include in a trade for Jaden Ivey, given that quickly and Ivey would be my dream starting backcourt at that point. Grimes wouldn't fit into that unless we played RJ at the four and Grimes at the three, which we all know 
is not going to happen and it shouldn't happen. So because of that, I'm okay trading Grimes to Sacramento. And that upgrade of Reddish to Grimes in the offer, uh, an upgrade of Fournier to Burks in the offer, the, the more favorable contract, I think these are things the Knicks are putting on the table. You know, I, I think this is going to come down to, hey, uh, we're on the clock as the Sacramento Kings. Who's got the best offer on the table? And I'm not sure how many teams can outbid the New York Knicks. So, yeah. <laughs> um, I see a lot of you coming in from the spaces with U Stadium. Thank you guys a lot for popping out, showing support. We have a question coming in pinned by Dan Kemp. My thinking is Chet will be a stud, but it won't become one until his second team, or he won't become one until his second team. Your thoughts? You know, I understand your your hesitancy with projecting Chet as a, an insta-stud. Um, I would agree that he's not going to be an instant stud. However, I do think before that second contract hits, before that second team, that second deal comes in, that he can show some stuff. Now, I want to open this up, start this off by saying I don't project Chet to play the center. I do not think he will magically bulk up and be able to guard the Rudy Gobert's and even Mitchell Robinson's of the world. However, I do really like him as a power forward to the extent where if you guys have seen in my pinned tweet, he's number one on the official draft class top 30 big board. The reason for that is because of his potential at the power forward. Pacer is reportedly looking to trade back now, right? That's a new question coming in from Eric Fernandez. He wants to know if the Pacers are looking to trade back. I do think that the Pacers would look into trading back. Uh, I think they might have liked Matherin and now Detroit being really interested in him reportedly. Uh, they might want to go find some value and add another asset as opposed to them just taking the best guy available. However, I haven't heard anything myself about the Pacers being like desperate to trade back. So not something super strongly out there, but it's draft season. Everything, everything is a possibility. Uh, and a, a follow-up question <clears throat> from Eric there is, do you think most teams value Grimes over Cam? That's really tough. What I'll say is I think the teams that value Cam over Grimes absolutely value Cam over Grimes. I think the teams that don't, it's not a Grimes thing. It's more of a they don't like Cam. So Grimes, teams know what he is, know what he can be. He's already good. Half the teams love Reddish, half the teams don't. And the Knicks were able to get him for Kevin Knox and a protected pick. This is an asset play for them. Uh, as much as RJ and Cam being together and the thought of reuniting them with Zion is, is really cool, if Jaden Ivey is available with the fifth pick in the draft and Detroit really wants Cam Reddish, the Knicks will not be afraid to include him in that deal. And that's for sure. Eddie F., Another question coming in from Eddie F. What happens to the Malachi Branham narrative? That went quiet fast, seems like. Well, Mark Berman came on draft class. Thanks to him again for, for the time. He came on draft class and told us that Branham might be an option at 11. He might be someone the team is really looking at. The Vegas odds reflect that. So after Ivy, Branham and Davis are the two next most likely guys to end up New York Knicks. 
and, and the reason for that is because Branham is an 18-year-old three-level scorer who just needs to really start knocking down his three-point shots and come around on the other end of the court to be the kind of star that I feel like Nets fans or Jonathan Macri told us that Karis LeVert would be for so many years. I feel like Malachi Branham's actually that good. He's actually that guy. Um, sorry, John, for the pot shot, but had to. Uh, and and yeah, I, I love Branham. I just don't have him super high on my board because I'm not so sure about his three-point shot. I do feel as if there are some improvements to be made there. And apparently with his workouts, his three-point shooting hasn't gone incredibly. Another question coming in from Philip Spatola. Philip, how you doing, man? What do you think of the package for Grant and how does that reflect in Julius's trade value this offseason? The package for Grant was a poo-poo platter. The reason Detroit took it so willingly was because they really want to free up the cap space and move on from him. They acquired him with cap space. They signed him. They're okay getting assets back for him, kind of just considering it free. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't free, was it? You know, so Detroit played themselves a little bit. However, if they wind up with DeAndre Ayton, they're going to be laughing if he's Cade Cunningham's role man. So I think there's definitely a second move coming from Detroit. If not him, I don't think Jalen Brunson wants to sign in Detroit, but they'll certainly be making him a large offer as well. I think Brunson and Ayton are the two guys to watch with that Detroit cap space. Now, in regards to Julius's trade value this offseason, the reason I brought up why Detroit took that poo-poo platter uh, is because the Knicks, the Knicks don't have the pressure to take that kind of platter for Randall. They're okay just keeping him in what would be a reduced role. I heard last season from a trusted source that the Knicks talked about with Randall, if he's going to be back on the team, it's going to be in a reduced role. So yeah, I, I think that that's not something to worry about too much. I don't think they'll dump him for nothing, which is something I've frequently argued against. Hey, we got David asking a question. David, what's up? Hey again, Chris. Great job in the space. Thanks for oh, thanks for having me, man. It was a pleasure. If you had to guess right now, who is the point guard on opening night? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. What a tough question, man. Who is the point guard on opening night? I don't think it's Emmanuel Quickly. I also don't think it's Derek Rose. As much as you guys know, I'd love for it to be IQ. I don't think it's going to be him. Uh, I actually think Tibbs might start Rose <laughs> before he starts quickly. And, and let's quickly close, but let's Rose start games in name. Um, but yeah, I think that Jaden Ivey is the answer everyone wants to hear. A lot of people want to hear Jalen Brunson. I think he'll be back in Dallas. Um but really, if the Knicks don't get Ivy, I do think they'll be after Brunson. You know, so right now, I think the Brunson talks is more of them helping him out, leveraging his price up with Dallas. But I do think there's legitimate interest too. He's just not their plan A, and we know they have a relationship, so Brunson would know that. All right, we got some super chats to get to. You guys are incredible. I gotta read these out. I, you guys are so kind, man. Thank you so much for coming to this stream, even just watching for free. Like, thank you so much for being here. Um, and thank you so, so much for the super chats. I appreciate you guys voting on me with your dollars. 
If you're uncomfortable doing that, which I completely understand, what could still really help out is a thumbs up on the video. So got to make sure I include that note. Throw me a thumbs up if you're enjoying so far. Don't be afraid to ask a question. I'd love to get to answer it. Don't be afraid to get in the chat and get loud. Adele Chapman with the first Super Chat question here I got to get to. How serious is OKC about trading with the Kings? This is an interesting question. I haven't heard much from any OKC or Sacramento people on this. So nothing, no regional sources here. But what I do know is that I think Oklahoma City, what I've heard is that Oklahoma City is more interested in Paolo Boncaro than people think. I know they've been tied heavily with Chet Holmgren, who I do expect them to take number two overall in this draft. However, I've heard from people in Houston that the team really likes Chet. And I've heard from people in Oklahoma City that the MO that they've followed, you know, their front office, their biases, that Paolo is right up their alley. I'm not saying that, you know, guys are gonna go all over the place just because I think so, but I do think there's a chance that OKC decides they want Paolo and takes him. I, I don't know about trading back to four. They can convince someone that they do want Paolo or that someone really wants Chet trades up to two. They would do that. I just think the Kings aren't the team for that. The Kings are really top heavy. They have Fox, they have Sabonis. And after that, it's a little bleak, right? Which is why I think a package of Burks, Grimes, and three first round picks, including the number 11 overall selection in this year's draft, actually isn't too bad of a package. That's a package I would remember if I were you guys. Burks, Grimes, and three firsts. Um, I'm not trying to make this like a I told you a moment, but Something in that neighborhood is really realistic, in my opinion, if the Knicks can get the Kings to wiggle down at the last second. The Kings pushing for Obi Toppin, pushing for Knicks young players a little better than Grimes. That's okay. We're going to let them. We're going to play hardball. You guys know how Leon Rose likes to rock. Um, I don't think OKC and the Kings have a trade there. Young Yang has a question coming in as well. Question coming in from Young Yang. How much stock should be put into Vegas odds? Thanks for the super chat, Young Yang. I really appreciate that. I appreciate your question and you being here as well. Thank you so much. Um, Vegas odds, I got to say, there are two things that will affect them. One is Vegas hearing and or knowing something. The other is the sheer volume of bets coming in. So, uh, for example, say Vegas thinks that the Golden State Warriors are going to win game one of the NBA Finals and they make them three and a half point favorites and everyone loves the Celtics, they're going to hammer that Celtics spread as underdogs. Vegas is going to have to move the spread in Boston's direction to make them less of a desirable bet. They might move the line to Warriors minus three instead of three and a half just to get people to stop betting Boston. Vegas is always trying to keep a balanced scale. They're trying to have the same amount of bets on both sides so that they're guaranteed they're vague regardless. Did not mean to get into betting 101 with KP here, but here we are. Um, I think that with this Knicks bet, the who will the Knicks first draft pick be? The one that I've been tweeting about a lot. Wow, you guys just doubled the thumbs up since I said you should give this video a thumbs up. Thank you guys so much. Um, wow. But anyway, back to what I was saying. If Jaden Ivey's plus 800 and all of a sudden 
three people come in and bet ten thousand dollars at plus eight hundred that he's going to be the Knicks' first pick, and and a uh, thousand people bet anywhere from ten to fifty dollars. Well, that's a lot of bets coming in, a lot of action. They're going to go ahead and lower those odds to make it less profitable of a bet, given how many people are putting their money on it. So. Ivy flying from plus 800, meaning if you bet $100, it would profit 800 to plus 350. 100 would profit 350 for that bet. I think it's something to read into because Vegas wouldn't do that if they thought he had no chance of being a Nick. However, I do think that move in odds was fueled by the sheer volume of bets from us sicko Nick fans. Well, not myself because I'm under 21, but us sicko Nick fans as a fan base all just hammering what we want to come true. We've got more Super Chats in. I really, really appreciate these. You guys are incredible. Flava Frage with the first Super Chat. If we strike out on Ivy and D'Lo can't move Randall, why not A, draft best player available, B, consolidate vets for D'Lo's expiring, and C, develop the kids? Because Jeremy Cohen came up with the better option. And if you go watch his pods, you'll see what it is. I'll sum it up for you guys. It's taking on Gordon Hayward's deal in exchange for one or two of those Charlotte first rounders in this year's draft that they've been rumored to be willing to include with Hayward. Now, Jeremy beat that report. So he put that trade out there before it was reported that Charlotte would include one of their first rounders. I need I need y'all to clap it up for Mr. Cohen in the comments. He is the wizard, the master of these trades. He called the Knicks-Utah trade up. This is something else, I think, in this direction that might exist, right? So drafting the best player available, even if it's at 13 and 15 or 11 and 15, uh, I think that's a better option than D'Angelo Russell. D'Lo needs the ball in his hands. If you want to develop young players like IQ, like RJ, I'm not sure it's the smartest thing to acquire someone who would take the ball out of their hands. It's for that reason that even though I think Jalen Brunson is a better player than D'Angelo Russell, I don't want to invest 25 million US dollars per year in Jalen Brunson because he's not an all-star at his position. And we have two guys at his position that I really like. One of them, I think, has all-star caliber potential in Emmanuel quickly. This is not me being anti-Jalen Brunson as a player. It's anti-Jalen Brunson as a concept for the Knickerbockers of New York. We got a question I got to get to from Busy. Busy wants to know, do you think Tibbs would actually reduce Randall's role? He seems to favor him even when it's obvious he's playing bad. I think a lot of that favoring came from uh, Tibbs trying to demonstrate faith in him, trying to show him, hey, I'm sticking with you through this struggle. Just get back on track. Randall struggled to do that as well. But I can tell you guys it's been talked about internally with Randall, that if he's going to be back, he needs to both work on himself as a person and come back in a a reduced role. These are things that have been spoken about in the organization. Another super chat came in from Faro. You guys, this is a friend of mine. You got to go check out Faro's music. It's just F-A-R-O on Spotify, on Apple Music, whatever it is. He makes rap music. I actually quite enjoy it. a little bit of a Vince Staples vibe with some of the beats, some of the fun beat selection, you know, that that Big Fish Theory album, but EDM stuff too. Faro's great, and he actually always has some good questions for me when we're talking to Hoop. So let's see what he's got. He wants to know 
I just started collecting sports trading cards. Do you know anyone or anything that could help me get connected to the card community? That's a good question. I think sports trading cards are an interesting industry. Um, if you have strong takes on players, it's definitely interesting to invest in rookie cards, right? And then see how those players develop. I have to say, uh, in the Knicks community, there are a lot of people, um, a lot of people who sell and trade cards. But I do know someone, my friend CJ, his ad on Twitter is CJ Card Collector. Uh, he has a lot of Emmanuel Quickly cards, a lot of RJ Barrett, a lot of Knicks cards. So if you're interested in those Knicks cards, I think CJ would be the person for that. I'm not sure what's in his inventory right now. But you can go check out his Twitter. Uh, just this, you know, dream by Chris Persian and, and friends. I love it. Gus, what up in the chat? Eddie, what up in the chat? You guys are the best. I, I love hanging out with you guys so much. I, I can't lie. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hey guys, quick break to tell you about our new sponsor, HelloFresh. 
With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need with customizable orders every week. You can add extra proteins and sides, change up the serving size when you have guests, or just double up on your favorite recipes so your box works harder for you. You can easily change your delivery days or food preferences or skip a week whenever you need. Feeding the whole family has never been easier with larger box sizes for more servings and more savings. HelloFresh also offers convenient, contact-free delivery right to your doorstep for easy home cooking with the family. The recipes are easy to follow and quick to make, with steps and pictures to guide you along the way. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. HelloFresh is 30% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. Plus, you skip the checkout lines. Try our quick and easy meals, which include 15 to 20 minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and 10 minute lunches in HelloFresh Market. Perfect for your busy schedule. Enjoy restaurant quality meals for less in the comfort of your own home. HelloFresh's gourmet recipes like balsamic fig sirloin are over 72% cheaper than an average restaurant meal. Look, guys, I don't have to tell you how busy I can be with all the work I do for Nick's Film School, as well as my show Final Review. My fiance is just as busy, and when that question comes up every night, what do you want for dinner, rarely do we both have answers. Well, we've actually been customers of HelloFresh for over a year, and we're thrilled when we found out about the sponsorship. Not only is the food delicious, but it's convenient to make and takes away that simple anxiety of what you're going to have for dinner that night. They send you a week's worth of meals, you cook them, you prepare them, you eat them, and and then by the weekend, a new box for the following week shows up. It's that simple. Go to HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash FilmSchool16 and use promo code FilmSchool16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Got a question in from Jaden Evans. Chris, what's up, Jaden? In the scenario that the Knicks decide to trade down, what picks or deal would you target? And who would you draft if we had two picks between 16 and 30? Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. There's name number one. Um, in terms of what deal I would target, I would look for a team that's willing to eat a contract that we don't love in exchange for moving up. Uh, if we could trade 11 and Kemba and Noel and get back 17, 26, and a future first rounder from Houston. If we can't move up for Ivy, that doesn't sound too bad. Uh, and I would target Tari Eason. I would target Jalen Williams. I would target. Ooh. I love EJ Liddell. I wouldn't target him for the Knicks, given that we have Obi Toppin. Let me pull out my big board. Got to remind you guys that that's pinned on my Twitter profile. You guys can go check it out. Just released yesterday. Um, oh, Marjan Bochamp would be, also be someone I would target in that range. He's kind of like a Grimes type pick, um, but someone who can cut really well, is a great athlete, has potential with his jump shot. Prez, Presidente from the Strickland, just did a thread the other day on how he thinks Marjan Bochamp's shot is better than some people are making it out to be. I actually agree with him wholeheartedly there. So yeah, I, I like that guy as, 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 a, as a trade down target. 
as well. Another question in from New York or Nowhere, NY or Nowhere asks, how many wins does a starting lineup of Brunson, Ivy, RJ, Obi, and Mitch have? The bench is IQ, Grimes, Fournier, Carmelo, and Sims. <sighs> Ooh, I will say, I got to add the disclaimer. I think if Ivy's a Nick, it's because Grimes is a king. Um, but, you know, if we have Brunson, Ivy, RJ, Obi, and Mitch in the starting lineup, Brunson would allow Ivy to not mess up a lot. You know, we can trust Brunson with the ball in his hands. Ivy, those rookie growing pains um, wouldn't be too terrible. But that lineups, the the 10 man rotations defense just isn't incredible. I think that team could squeeze out 38, 40 wins at most, maybe 32, 34 at least, but be an interesting and good developmental year for New York. Now, 40 wins. Uh, you know, nah, 32 is way too low. I'm going to say 36 to 42, that range of wins. I think they can be over 500 by, by a hair or two. Question in from Gus, is trading both picks next year worth getting Ivy, considering next year's draft is supposed to be so good? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I think the way to do it is if you're trading for Ivy and are going to start him and think that he won't be too good, you can trade your first round pick to Sacramento next year and protect it top 10 and make it convey to a 2024 unprotected first round pick who suggested this to me was Schwinn. I love telling you guys where I get some of my ideas from because I talk to all of the Knicks content creators all the time. We're a family and we're always thinking up a storm together. So Schwinn inspired me with that pick protection idea and because of that if the Knicks pick does fall in the top 10 they would get to keep it and the Kings would get their 2024 first rounder instead now oh, we had another super chat come in got to get to this Zach with the super chat donation thank you so much I'm at work right now and watching on mute but just wanted to support Chris for the great work on draft class some insane guests my favorite was Berman oh my gosh man you're watching on mute just to support the stream Dude, you guys are crazy. You guys are crazy. Like, what is good with y'all, bro? What, what, what is good with y'all for real? I, I, I can't believe it. Um, thank you so much. Thank you for supporting Draft Class and for supporting Dream. I love you all. Thank you, man. And Berman was a joy to have on. Uh, I thought that episode was great too. Maybe my favorite of the whole season thus far. Chris, question oh, question coming in from Meadow F. Meadow, nice to see you back, man. Chris, if the Knicks drafted AJG and traded Fournier, who would start next to RJ? Grimes, Reddish, or Griffin? That's a good question. I want to say, don't kill me. I want to say Alec Burks. I want to seriously say that Alec Burks would be the starting two. That being said, uh, Quentin Grimes would be who I would start. So let's hope. (laughs) Let's hope. I do think it would be Burks. So got to say it. 
Barshir, my guy in the comments. Barshir, big fan of the KFS Halftime Live throughout the season. Tomorrow, the big day, he says, yes, sir. Very big day tomorrow. Uh, scary, nerve-wracking for me personally, but I-, I love getting to, you know, deal through this with you guys. So thanks for being here, for real. It, it-, it helps me get through this too. Question coming in from Eric Fernandez. In that Burks-Grimes three-pick deal, uh, are you putting protections on any of those? Yes. So one pick would be the 11th overall pick in the draft. Another pick would be Dallas's first rounder. And that third pick, a Knicks 2023 first round pick, Schwinn inspired me with this top 10 protected. And then it would become an unprotected 2024 first round pick if the Knicks pick does land in the top 10 and it doesn't convey. They do get guaranteed our first rounder that next year, but hopefully two years into having Jaden Ivey, we're not planning on being bad. So that would be the plan there. Oh my gosh. Another super chat. <laughs> you guys are crazy. Kevin Stearns again, Doc Kev, my goat. Are you nervous about AJG's medicals? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous about Griffin's medicals, but the thing with AJ Griffin is that I, I do really think that he was just afraid to test the bounds of his athleticism. I think that he was recovering from an injury. I think that he didn't want to get injured before he even got drafted, lose out on some paychecks, and I understand him. So, yeah, I think it's really important that the Knicks med staff vets him and approves him as a pick. I also think it's important that I have it be known. I'm okay treating him really carefully, like like Michael Porter Jr. levels of careful. Um, if it means his long-term success here in New York, that's what it's all about, baby, is, is being a sustainable contender. AJ Griffin can help us get there. I'm okay playing it slow if it means we get there. Question pinned from Y2K86 in the chat. Chris, I'm really high on Jovic, Nikola Jovic. I think he can be Ben Simmons, but can shoot. I think we should trade down and pick him up if we can't get Ivy. Are you guys willing to be quiet and not run and tell the world if I share this with you here on Dream? Um, Nikola Jovic slept through one of his interviews at the draft combine. Like he just straight up slept through an interview for his dream job or alleged dream job. Not a fan. Not a fan. Don't love that. Not loving that. Um, Jovic's potential is great. If you want someone who's long, who's tall, who's, you know, wingspan and crazy long, maybe can have the ball in his hands, can pass it, maybe can shoot. All these things are a question with him, but I like him as a bet more than Jovic. That would be Uzman Jiang. Uh, Jovic, I am not a, a big fan of. But yeah, there's my sourced info on Jovic for you guys. Um, a real sleeper in the draft this year. All right, next question. <laughs> um, next question pinned is from Philip Spatola. Um, what is your dream 10-man rotation? Parameters, moves have to be rumored. 
I think my ideal, assuming one young player traded, is Brunson, Ivy, RJ, Hayward, Mitch, with IQ, Fournier, Cam, Obi, and Sims off the bench. My dream 10-man rotation. All right, well, I don't have to pretend I'm Tom Thibodeau here. So I can be Chris Percy Iden, and I like being Chris Percy Iden sometimes. Um, my dream 10-man rotation would be Ivy in the starting five. Uh, quickly, Ivy, Barrett, Toppin. I guess Mitch. He wouldn't be my dream starting center, but we'll keep this a little realistic. It's rumored the Knicks are going to re-sign him at a number that's around $11 million a year. Um, and I, I can stomach that. So we'll go IQ, Ivy, RJ, Obi, Mitch. Off the bench. This is tough. Um, I'm assuming that Grimes is a king and that we don't have him. Reddish still on the team. I'll put him at the backup four and we'll do Deuce McBride and Derek Rose playing together off the bench along with Evan Fournier at the three technically, but the guards hold him, hold him up and hold him accountable defensively. Backup four, Cam Reddish, get lengthy there. And backup five, I agree with you, Jericho Sims. I'd like to see him get that nod next year, assuming Nerlens is gone. So yeah, keep the questions coming, guys. Andrew, say it in the chat. Keep the questions coming. Uh, absolutely keep them coming. I'm here to answer any questions you guys have. Um, anything you know you want to know if I'm hearing about, I, I do not pretend to be super sourced. I just definitely hear things and like to share them with you guys if I'm allowed to. So yeah, um, go ahead, ask any questions you guys have and uh, I'm here to answer them all. Here we are. Question pinned. Ben, Kim, Gurvey. Ben, love interacting with you on Twitter, man. Thank you so much for coming out to the stream and, and leaving a question. I really appreciate that. Ideally, how many of the vets would we trade and which ones? Kemba and Noel to start. I would like for them both to have new homes next year. I actually like Nerlens Noel. I don't like him as a New York Knickerbocker if we're going to re-sign Mitchell Robinson because Jericho Sims is on the team. And if we're going in a youth direction, yeah, I like Jericho for sure. Um, so Kemba and Noel. And then I'd like for one of Burks or Fournier to be gone. I think the Knicks can make this happen in a trade-up. So. We'll see, but I, I remember, I, I, uh, I'm not trying to say a trade up is likely. I just know the Knicks are really after it, so I'm treating it like a real option because it is a real option. This is a thing that might happen. So yeah, if it does, uh, one of Burks and Fournier also gone, but definitely two vets, and that would be Kemba, and that would be Noel. Question pinned in from Sam L. What's up, Sam? Chris, we're at 11 and AJG is gone. Uh, Mitch is back at 11 mil. Who are you drafting? Johnny Davis, if he's there. If he's not there, AJ being gone is a killer, man. We got to go refer to the board. And if AJ Griffin is gone, that means maybe Shaden Sharp is there at 11. Um, and I would like for that to be the pick. However, if not, 
if Matherin's gone, if Shaden's gone, if Griffin's gone, Jalen Williams. I'm going to shout him out again. I really like Jalen Williams. He ended up number 12 on my final big board. And uh, that's really high praise. So, yeah. Oh, most important question of the night from New York or nowhere. When Scherzer and DeGrom come back, how many games in a row do the Mets win? As basketball fans, we all know who LeBron James is. Once upon a time, LeBron James said, not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, seven. I'm going to go with his magic number of eight. I'm going to go with his magic number of eight. Eight games in a row win streak for your New York Mets once they are back to their full pitching rotation and have the clubhouse surge of having their pitchers back. One final note on that, LFGM. All right, let's get to the next question. <laughs> Love that little intermission there, and I know Andrew did too. Question in from JG. Chris, I don't know if I've heard your thoughts on Johnny Davis. What you think of his game? Reminds me a bit of Bradley Beal, tough shot maker and confident bucket getter. Yeah, dude. Johnny Davis is number six on my big board. I'm comfortable taking him anywhere outside of the top five in this draft. I'm really impressed by him. Now, your Bradley Beal comparison, I don't love it because that's really high praise for Johnny offensively. I don't think his offense will translate to that degree at the NBA level. However, boy, do I think there's a similarity between between, uh, Beal and Davis. And it's that when they're driving to the rim, both of their last leaps are really, really integral to how good they are at, at getting shots up at the rim. Uh, what I mean by this, and I'm going to look really silly here and try to um, show it with my hands. When they're running to the basket, you know you're supposed to go off two feet, you know, right, left, and you go up for the layup, right, left, up for the layup on the right side. If you're on the left side, you go left, right, and put the layup up. Well, these guys leap. They leap. Johnny and Bradley will take the step with their with their uh, if they're on the right side, they'll take the step with their right foot and leave themselves physically tilted forward a bit. This looks really odd for you guys. I'm sorry. I'm just really trying to explain this. They they tilt themselves forward, and on that last step, they leap forward. It's not a one two and layup. It's one two, and they get about. With Beal, it's about three feet of space that he covers with that last step of his. Johnny, I think, may get there. It's about two feet for him right now. Yes, I'm insane, and I've looked into this to that extent. Um, And it's a really effective way of creating space for yourself at the rim is using your strong body as a battering ram, even if you're like Johnny, only 6'5", like Bradley, only 6'3". Johnny Davis, I think, also has potential that uh, is not tapped into so yeah i think uh, upside wise uh, there's something there with johnny that just is really impressive and consistent on both ends of the court uh and, and for that i love him 
I love his defense. I think his defensive potential is really high and a little bit understated. Something that's impressive to me about Johnny Davis, despite having the highest usage in all of college basketball, he still mustered up the energy to both give his all every single play on defense and lead his conference in rebounds per game at six foot five. There's nothing else to be said. His percentages dropped after he hurt his ankle. Big whoop. I love Johnny Davis. I think he has upside that people aren't talking about. And I think he has a floor that people aren't talking about. I think both his floor and ceiling are higher than people think. Question in from Darren Hood. Uh, I have a question. I have an answer, hopefully. What do you see as a fan the New York Knicks doing on draft night? As a fan, I would assume that they are trading down and that they are going to actually no. as a fan, I assume they're going to stay at 11 and that um, they're just going to take the best player available there. I like that for them. Um, I don't love it. I just think that that's what I would guess they do is AJ Griffin with the 11th pick in the draft. That's what I would guess they do. Um, yeah, I talk about the trade up stuff because I, I have to say, I feel like, I feel like reporters, especially in the Knicks circle are afraid to say that they think the team will trade up. And the reason for that is because, um, they don't want to be the person to get yelled at when the Knicks don't trade up, but I'm going to go ahead and place my faith in you guys as I have been and just be transparent. I'm going to tell you guys what I'm hearing about a potential trade-up. I'm also going to tell you guys that it's far from guaranteed, right? I just The way things are aligning, it really makes sense for the Knicks to trade up on draft night and to not be outbid by any other team, given what they can offer and have on the table with Sacramento right now. I just I don't want people hounding me if they don't trade up. Oh, you said it was going to happen. I was transparent with you guys and shared with you what I know about how it might happen. I really hope it doesn't come back to bite me in the bud that people don't blame me uh, if we don't trade up for Ivy. I'm just trying to let you guys every know everything that I know. Super chat in from Kevin Stearns. Again, you are a madman supporting crazy today. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, your question. Very interesting. Did you get to scout Domingo Both Meets? Um, Domingo Both Meets is a stud. I think he's a five-star prospect. Uh, left-hand pitcher, right-hand pitcher, point guard, center. He can get it all done. For those who don't know, Domingo Both Meets is the fake pitcher that it was reported a couple teams had interest in and people like lost their minds over it thinking it was real. Um, so yeah, Domingo Both Meets, five-star prospect. Also, cannot be real cannot be like the domingo both meets we know cannot be a real person that's all i've got on that um all right let's see what else y'all have in the chat let's see what else you have um answer still not as much as the yankees boo boo (laughs) uh Sam L has a question that I love. I'm really excited to get to answer right now. Uh, Chris, can you talk about more granular traits you look for in successful guard prospects? Your input on the last leap is really interesting. Great scouting. 
Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate that. I have to say, to be honest with you guys, I think I suck at scouting big men. I do not think I'm a good scout of big men in the NBA. Um, but I am really proud of myself for how I've grown as a scout of guards and wings over the last couple of years. With guards specifically, I really just try to think about what can they do now? What kind of role will that result in them playing early in the NBA? How can they build off of that? And if I'm looking through that lens for some more of those granular traits I look at, um, I, I think about their their head fakes, their pump fakes. Are they good? Are they are they tricky? You know, are they taking advantage of uh, defenses biting on their fakes because they're a player that gets guarded a lot? Assuming they're you know a future NBA guy. Um, Something else I look for is a willingness to pass. A lot of guys love just running their points up. Uh, people like Alondis Williams, who are incredible passers and love to show it. I, I really enjoy watching play basketball. Um, I coach middle school age kids now over the summer, and I had a kid today bringing the ball up the court twice who showed every dribble move in the book before he was even at the three-point line. Both plays ended in a good old turnover uh guards that get flashy for no reason i'm not a fan of i like people that keep it simple to me simple buckets easy buckets it can be a knock on prospects from some oh a lot of his baskets were easy he didn't make a lot of tough shots let's look into that let's let's open that lens up a little bit did he not make a lot of easy tough shots because he was always creating easy ones for himself that's a good thing did he not make a lot of tough shots because he was always getting open looks fed to him? Maybe something that might not translate to the NBA. Uh, something else, just really quick. If you see a guy struggling to get separation at the college level, it's not going to be easier when freaking Davion Mitchell and Alex Caruso and Deuce McBride and RJ Barrett, Cam Reddish, these guys are getting switched on to him. Patrick Williams. like If they can't get separation at the college level, don't expect it to happen at the pro level. The NBA is really hard to make it to. It's really hard to get good at being an NBA player. Uh, if someone can't do something in college, that's not to say they won't be able to do it in the league. But if there's a clear physical disadvantage at the college level and you're not expecting a growth spurt, you're not expecting them to gain 20, 25 pounds of muscle, that might be a prospect you want to throw a red flag on. Young Niang has another question in. So another question coming in uh, from Young Niang. Can you rank your top three favorite draft day scenarios? For me, it's one, trade up for Ivy. Two, trade back and pick two first rounders. Three, pick a scoring guard at 11, such as Davis, Branham, or Sharp. All right, I'm going to give you guys the answer you want. My number one favorite draft day scenario is the Knicks trade. Quentin Grimes, a veteran, maybe Alec Burks, and several first-round picks uh, in exchange for the opportunity to select Jaden Ivey of Purdue. Uh, that, that would be really nice. Um, my second favorite option is Johnny Davis falling to the 11th pick and them selecting him there. Uh, that would be really fun for me, too. And my third favorite option would have to be 
Actually, yeah, yeah. My third favorite option would be trading back with Charlotte, winding up with both Jalen Williams and Tari Eason. I might actually prefer that to just having Johnny Davis. So I'm going to do 2A, 2B on that and cheat. Sorry, but yeah. Um, All right. Let me read one more. I'll do I'll do one one more question from the chat. Uh, let's see, let's see. Chris F them kids. It's <laughs> hilarious. Um, you can't teach blow by. No, you can't. Chief Boyar, we're gonna go with your question for the last question of the stream. I know we brought up Jalen Williams earlier, but is there any chance the Knicks get him? Last I heard, he hadn't worked out for the Knicks. I will answer this question in this way. The New York Knicks have taken the draft combine. Like, I'm sorry. I'm still caught up on that F them kids comment. You're nuts, dude. Just because I coach middle school, I'm not saying that I'm a supportive coach. I'm a supportive coach. I have, I have confidence in the kids. Don't, 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 don't don't frame me like that. I'm not Michael Jordan. Um, But anyway, the New York Knicks, the last two draft combines, um, they've drafted guys that showed out. Emmanuel quickly absolutely killed the shooting drill at the combine. I have to assume he killed Walt Perrin's famous shooting drill where he tires guys out, then has them shoot 100 threes. Um, and, and Quentin Grimes, same thing there. He killed the scrimmage at the draft combine last year, and then assume I assume he killed Perrin's shooting drill. Jalen Williams was coached by Nick's assistant, Darren Ehrman, in the NBA Combine scrimmages. He had 12 points in one, but he showed off a little bit of his his playmaking. And question two, or no, sorry, wow, question. In, In scrimmage, my brain is all diswired. In scrimmage one, he had 12 points, something like four for eight shooting from the floor, nothing amazing, but... An okay game from him where he showed some passing potential. His second scrimmage, he had eight made field goals on nine field goal attempts. He went eight for nine from the floor with the Knicks assistant coaching him. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't pretend that that didn't happen. The Knicks assistant coach, one of Thibodeau's favorite assistant coaches that he brings with him everywhere, coached Jalen Williams in a game where he went eight for nine from the floor. That is really, really impressive. Okay, one last question. I'm going to do one last question here. JG, question. Chris, how sad would you be if Deuce is off the Knicks? I would be sad. Uh, I got to meet Deuce last season after a game. He was really cool, really nice, willing to talk to me for a little bit, just a minute, but that's more time than he had to give anyone, right? So I really like Deuce. And before the NBA draft last year, before the draft happened, I had Deuce number 21 on my big board and said, no matter where he goes, as long as it's after number 20, he's the steal of the draft. The Knicks got him in the second round. It's such incredible value. It was such an amazing pick. He went and made 50% of his nine three-point attempts per game in Westchester. That's unreal. Literally. That's, uh, that's Wow. I would be really sad if Deuce were off the Knicks. I think he's a great player at a really cheap cost. Um, But I'll throw a positive spin and say that I do think that maybe if he were off the Knicks, it would be to acquire a player I would want, and that would be nice. So maybe not everything is so doom and gloom, but man, I got to say, we're going to wrap up here on Dream. But before you guys go, quick programming reminder, stay tuned for this. 
John, Jeremy, Andrew, and Benji will be reacting live right here on the Knicks Film School YouTube channel tomorrow for the draft. Keep your Twitter notifications on for the Knicks Film School account to go ahead and get reminded right when we're about to go live. 7.30 p.m. EST. That stream is going to start up. I would love to have been there, but I had some prior engagements with the draft before I even knew I'd be doing draft class. Um, and I'm going to be meeting up with some friends from all over the country to from Nick's Twitter to watch this NBA draft. You guys may have seen the video of me literally on my knees begging the heavens above for Deuce McBride at the 36th pick and my whole basement exploding uh, with happy Nick fans when the Knicks did take him. So I'm going to be busy this year with that literal US-wide draft party. But Andrew, John Macri, Andrew Claudio, sorry, yeah, I, I got to do a full name respect there. Andrew Claudio, GM of KFS, Jeremy Cohen, capologist of KFS, Ben Ritholtz, the resident coach, the resident film analyst of the crew, and of course, Jonathan Macri, our dean here at Nick's Film School, are going to be live tomorrow reacting to the NBA draft. You guys have to check it out. You can't miss it. It's going to be right here on the Knicks Film School YouTube. And uh, they're going to have Twitter notifications on in the stream. So just to let you guys know, um, Woj and Shams will report the picks. They're going to see them there as opposed to waiting for the broadcast. So Yes, there will be there will be spoilers, but you'll be able to discuss them live. It's not spoilers; it's just knowing before the the, the, the the TV stream, which is always like three minutes later than these reporters. That's going to be a lot of fun. I wish I could be there as a fan of Nick's Film School. You guys know that I was a fan of of the the content KFS put out before I joined them myself, and that's going to be fantastic. So don't miss it. I had to thank you guys again for coming and hanging out here on Dream and supporting Jeremy earlier for Cream. It was an absolute joy. I hope everyone has an incredible night. It's like the night before Christmas going to sleep tonight. Uh, I love you guys so much for the support on Draft Class. I love you guys so much for the support here on Dream. I love you guys so much for the support on Twitter. I cannot express enough how grateful I am for my Knicks Film School family, my Knicks family. Thank you a million Thanks for tuning in here on Dream. Really love you all. And let's go, Knicks. Peace out, everyone. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal 
and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.